0: like the picture on the screen. Uh, the picture on the screen may, may fit you uh, tonight because what I'd like you to do is I'd like to, you to think of yourself as a child, as a child, and I'm going to tell you the story about a child as we go forward, and then we're going to look along the way at Psalm 6, and we're going to talk about the sinner's prayer, the sinner's prayer not the sinner's prayer that you would think of uh, as someone praying for salvation, although that might be uh, what you might need to do tonight, but the prayer of someone who's broken something or broken uh, someone's heart. I have a vivid memory of utter brokenness in the life of our middle daughter. I think we were living at Agricola. She was a preschooler at the time. There was a a, a b- birthday present wrapped up on the table in our den another child was having a birthday party her older sister was going and this present was for the for the other child and so uh, our little preschool daughter was drawn to that package and so she picked it up and caressed it lovingly with her fingers and my middle daughter has passed this on down to her children she loves hard And so when she loved you when she was little, she would pinch your face and just smile. And now all her children do the same thing. They have a tendency to love hard, and they pinch and they hurt and just smile while they're And she picked that little package up, and and she tried to love it easy, but she loved it just a little bit too hard, and the paper tore. And she was standing across from me across the table. I saw that she had the present. I didn't mind that she had it. Uh, I didn't know the present had torn when she reached her little fingers and grabbed it, but when my eyes met her, uh, all of a sudden her face got really red, and her eyes welled up with tears, and she broke down and just started to cry, and she ran to her mom, and when we found out what was wrong, that's what it was. The paper was torn, she had broken, uh, not broken the present, but broken the wrapping that her mother had fixed so nicely, and she was afraid that I was going to be mad. And her heart was broken, not so much that the paper was torn, but that there might be a torn relationship between her and her dad. Uh, you know, that, that I wish that my heart uh, was always so tender. I actually wish that her heart had remained always so tender. Uh, down through the years. Uh, So here's just a little child who tore a present, realized what she had done and maybe what she deserved and came with remorse, seeking forgiveness and mercy and found it, and found it in her parents who loved her, found it in her father, although she wasn't so sure that she would get it at the moment. Down through the years, we've learned what it means to forgive because we love, we learn that in our families. And and, and there have been times when the red package that our children held in their hands was our hearts. Children break the hearts of their parents, sometimes innocently, sometimes not. And more than once, we have extended forgiveness, and I'm sure you have too, although our hearts were broken. But the question that I want us to raise tonight is, Will God forgive us after we've broken his heart? Maybe that's the question on your mind. Maybe it's at the top of your list tonight as you sit in this sanctuary. Will God forgive me? Will he show mercy to me after I've broken his heart? And can the hardest and vilest of sinners find the same open arms with God? that my little preschool daughter found in the arms of her parents. Well, tonight I want to invite you to turn to Psalm 6. And as we look at Psalm 6, I'm going to be reading to you some verses from this psalm from the New Living Translation. I just read it from it because it's vivid, it's clear, it's easy to understand. And as you read, you'll immediately feel the depth of the psalmist's burden. I always like to attribute most of these psalms... To David. Sometimes we can see someone that was written by somebody else, but unless it just says so, you know, sometimes it says, and I think it says here, this is one of the Psalms of David. So he's described in Scripture, we've been talking about that in in discipleship training tonight, as a man after God's own heart. He had a strong desire to serve God, a strong desire to have fellowship God, and to gain God's approval, but we also know that there were times when David left a hurt in the heart of God well in the moment my little daughter tore that package she ceased to be concerned about the package and what was in it and she was now more concerned about what her father felt about her than anything else in her life and as I said oh to have a heart so sensitive to God that we would always be so sensitive when there's sin in our lives that we would immediately return to the Father that that relationship might be mended. So here in this psalm we discover the, the troubled soul of a man who realizes he's sinned against God. And, and there's several of these written by David. Uh, sometimes I look at my journal. As a matter of fact, I've been, I'm about to finish up a journal Uh, that I that I started I began in 2016 and one of the first entries says receiving a call from John Henry today from First Baptist Church Loosdale and the strange thing is I was at the motel that I stayed in this past week at the revival that in 2000 was preaching that same revival in 2016 but as I look back over the pages of my journals which started in 1986 and they don't not daily, every day through those years, but I've got a string of them and they all sound alike. All the pages sound alike. Sometimes I'm asking God, God, please help me. I'm such a sorry person. Would you please help me to be a better person? And I don't seem to be making any progress along the way. That's what they all say. So I look at some of the Psalms of David and I see David sometimes praying some of the same things over and over, praying about his struggles and so we, we look at that tonight. Perhaps you're here tonight living under some sense of dread, feeling that God is angry with you, feeling that, that you're about to come under his wrath, and you're going to understand David in Psalm 6. We just look at the first three verses. He said, Oh, Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Have compassion on me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. I am sick at heart. How long, O Lord, until you restore me? Isn't that the cry of our heart after we've sinned, after we've failed, fallen flat on our face, trying to live the life that God wants us to live, and instead we've disappointed ourselves, disappointed God? So here is a man whose sense of sin caused him to be sick at heart, he was heartsick over his own sin that's the first thing that i want you to observe tonight and these things are going to come very quickly there isn't a physical sickness here it's a spiritual distress it's a it's a deep brokenness that he describes it goes all the way to the bone he felt deserving of god's judgment of god's discipline and of god's anger don't you sometimes feel worthy of God's judgment, feel worthy of God's wrath, rather than his love, thinking, God, I know you deserve just to wipe me off the face of the earth. I don't deserve your blessing. I don't deserve your protection. I don't deserve your provision. I don't deserve your love. We've talked about that uh, in looking at the book of Romans. Certainly, that's where we all are As, as human beings. We are all hopeless as far as ourselves and as far as our sin. But God loves us, and He cares about us. And remember, remember this. God loved you when you were a sinner. It was while you were a sinner that God demonstrated His own love for us in that Christ died for us. God loves sinners. He loves you in spite of your sin. God may be disappointed with you, and yet I heard Charles Stanley say one time, I've never hung on everything Charles Stanley said, but one thing he said that really impacted me, he said, there's nothing you can do to surprise God. I thought about that. He's right. I don't ever surprise God. God knows what I'm going to do. He knows the step that I'm going to take before I say it. it. Doesn't Psalm 139 say, before there is a word on my tongue, you know it altogether. So God is one step ahead of us. But David felt sick over his sin. And not only so, because of his sin, we see second that he felt distant from God. He felt that God had turned his face away. Do you ever have that in a relationship? Perhaps the relationship gets cold and, and icy and and you turn your faces away from one another in such a moment. There is no greater loneliness No greater emptiness. It brings a sickness to your soul that can't be described with words. But if you've been there before, you understand what I mean. It was just such a spiritual loneliness that overcame David in that moment. He felt distant from God. and personal relationships... One is often at the mercy of the other waiting for coldness to ease in the relationship. David realized he deserved such a response for God, from God and even worse. So third, David prayed for compassion. He asked for compassion from God. Something was broken besides his relationship with God. He realized his own personal bro- brokenness, his own weakness, and he acknowledges that. He said, God, I'm weak. I'm weak. I'm the one that brought the circumstances about in my life. God, I am the one that has failed and not you. When my little daughter's fingers crushed the paper on that present, I didn't even realize what she'd done. Nothing in my relationship changed with her from my perspective. But immediately, from her perspective... Her relationship with her daddy was broken, and from her perspective in that moment, it was broken beyond repair. A present needed to be mended, but so did her relationship with with her dad, and at that moment, she was more concerned with her relationship with me than anything else. That is the kind of brokenness that God seeks from the sinner. He wants us to be more concerned about our broken relationship with him than about anything else in life. So we begin reading in the latter part of verse 2. We'll read verse 3 and verse 4 now. He says, Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. I am sick at heart. How long, O Lord, until you restore me? Return, O Lord, and rescue me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Let's, let's remind ourselves of some things here. Only God can heal the broken sinner. Only God can restore the broken sinner. Only God can rescue the broken sinner and only God's love can save the broken sinner. And so that's what, if you're here tonight and, and you failed God, if you feel incredibly sinful as one of God's own children here, feeling that God could not love you. He could not care about you. He could not be interested in forgiving you. Put that thought completely away because I remind you again that Jesus went to the cross to reveal His love for you, to show His love for you while you were yet a sinner, there is no one who is too sinful for God to love. And if you are one of God's own children and you have failed him, God is more interested in restoring your relationship with him than you than you are in restoring your relationship with him. So we see here that David realized his brokenness he realized his need to be healed he realized his need to be rescued he realized his need to be saved and he cried out to God and asked him to do it he asked for God's help and he asked for God's compassion I told you about that moment that few seconds before I knew what what had happened although my little daughter knew she knew what had happened but it was only in that moment when my eyes met hers, that she melted in tears over what she had done. I think if I had never looked at her, if I had just walked out of the room, I didn't know about it, and if I had just got up and walked away, she might have put that present down and let it be there torn. But when my eyes met hers, her little heart came under conviction. Conviction is described as... When a sinner comes under the gaze of God, conviction is the soul's eye contact with God. In Psalm 51, again David writing about his own sin, he expressed it in this way. He said, Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done that which is evil in thy sight. In that moment, it was just David and God, and he knew that he stood in need of God's mercy. You remember the story, of course, in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, where Jesus tells the story about a Pharisee and a tax collector. Uh, And uh, the Bible says uh, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed, Thus, God... went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. That man obviously felt his own brokenness. He wasn't just a sinner at that moment. I want to read that with the definite article by the word sinner. He was the sinner. He was the center of all sinners. He was the center sinner in the room at that moment. He was the only sinner in that moment that mattered because his soul had come into eye contact with God and he was convicted of his sin. God, be merciful to me. That's a, that's a personal prayer. That's a personal need. But it only comes when God has looked at you. God in His love and and in His mercy and in His compassion and His desire to restore. Yes, He knows. He doesn't have to look at you to know. He doesn't have to see your eyes well up with with tears for you to know that He knows. But when you know that He knows and you know that you're a sinner... That's when your heart needs to be broken and you need to say, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I am the sinner in the room. I am the sinner in the church. I am the person who needs your mercy, who needs your compassion, and who needs your love. So how does your soul stand before God tonight? Is the relationship between you and God torn? Is it in need of repair? So when does that relationship need to be repaired? When do you need to address it? Well, look at verse 5. Verse 5 is interesting. For the dead do not remember you. Who can praise you from the grave? Now, that verse is something to think about when you you read it. The dead do not remember you. So what's, what's that saying? Well, simply this. David knew that if he was going to address the matter of his broken relationship with God, he needed to address it in the present. He needed to address it now. The Bible says, remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come. There is no remembrance of him. There is no chance after death. No chance then to say, God be merciful to me, a sinner. David knew if he was going to address his own repentance and address the restoration of his relationship with God that he needed to do it right then. There are no opportunities to make decisions in the life beyond. If you're going to plead for God's mercy, you need to do so on this side of the grave, not to think, well, once I stand before God in judgment or once I die, then I can ask Him to forgive me. No. If you're going to deal with your broken relationship with God, you need to make eye contact with God today as God makes eye contact with you, and you need to say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. David beyond the grave, David knew there was life, but he also knew he had a limited opportunity. He knew he deserved punishment, and he knew that if he was to find God's mercy, he needed to find it now. So David asked God to save him because he knew what he deserved. He was sick over his sin, and he asked God to save him then, to help him then, because in the life beyond, requests for forgiveness and salvation are not granted verses 6 through 10 he said I am worn out from sobbing all night I flood my bed with weeping drenching it with my tears my vision is blurred by grief my eyes are worn out because of all my enemies go away all you who do evil for the Lord has heard my weeping the Lord has heard my prayer the Lord will answer my prayer May all my enemies be disgraced and terrified. May they suddenly turn back in shame. These verses are clearly a picture of brokenness. David acknowledges, as we all can hear, that sometimes there are outside forces involved in our brokenness. Any outside forces involved in your brokenness? Any, Any outside power at work and leading you astray, leading you to make decisions that hurt you, that hurt your family, that break the heart of God. David acknowledged the influence of the enemy here in his life, acknowledging the fact that his enemy would like nothing better than to see him fall. He relishes the brokenness of God's people. But here, David prays for spiritual victory over his enemy. That's what we need to do. We need to say, God, not only do I need to heal you, need you to heal me of my brokenness. Not only do I need you to rescue me from my brokenness. Not only do I need you to save me from my brokenness. God, I need you to deliver me from the spiritual powers of the enemy. And he claims the promise of forgiveness, even with his vision blurred by grief and his eyes drenched with tears. In Psalm 51, Another psalm where David poured out his heart to God because of his sin. He prayed in verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. I won't ever forget the look on my little preschool daughter's face when that tender heart was torn to shreds over some holes she punched in the wrapping paper of that present and the package didn't matter to me in that moment what mattered to me was her heart and you're here tonight and 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 you're broken over your sin god is concerned about your heart he is more concerned about the restoration of your relationship with him than you are god doesn't want to cast you aside god God sent Jesus to the cross to redeem you, to save you from sin, so that you could be forgiven of sin, so that you could be delivered from sin, so that you could be cleansed of sin. We looked in our Sunday school lesson this morning, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So... Do we have anybody here with broken places in their lives? Do you have a torn and broken relationship with God because of it? If you will bring your brokenness to God, He will mend the broken things in your life as well as the relationship. Now the sinner's prayer stated simply is, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. But when you're standing in the place having come under the gaze of God, having come into eye contact with God, It's God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I am the one in need of healing. I am the one in need of rescue. I am the one in need of forgiveness. God will grant that to you if you ask. Let's pray.